the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. Hey, we are excited today. We have an amazing show for you today. Um, also, uh, I, I want to thank Hawaii for listening, and we we had our first person call. We're going to definitely, if you're listening today, we're going to make sure that we give you an audio of that. All you have to do is go to Freedom with Adam Riojas, but it is, thank you for uh, listening out there. We love you, Hawaii, and we're praying for you. We know you've gone through something crazy recently with the fires out there. But God has this. And, and San Diego, thank you for listening. You're making a difference. And we are about to start. Today I have an amazing man of God. His name is Alex Goodman. Um, he pastors a Spanish church. And make sure you don't leave after the interview. We have uh, our journey through Daniel. Today we'll be coming out of Daniel chapter 4. And without further ado, Alex Pastor Alex, thank you so much for being here today. Um, if you don't mind telling our audience a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the show. Amen, Pastor Adam. Well, thank you so much for this invitation, and there's so much to talk about. I am so excited. I have so many things in my life, life journeys, testimonies, conversion, um, what God is doing. There's so much that um, you know God is doing in our lives. And uh, but first of all, I want to give God the glory for giving me the opportunity to be here, and for you as well, for you and your wife for um, opening this opportunity, this door to be here. So thank. Thank you, Pastor Adam, and I'm very excited for what God's going to do today and what God is doing in, in, in this ministry and also all over the world. It's exciting times. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Alex, let's get right into it. Yes. So you're now a pastor, and that's amazing, in a church in San Diego called... Um, well, it's been known for uh, 25 years, as Eben has said, but we're currently in a transition to Hope to the Nations, Esperanza a las Naciones. And the reason why we kind of made that change is Disney has kind of messed up the name Ebenezer, where they kind of <laughs> yeah. have a, a a figure there as a ghost or something. Like. I haven't seen the movie yet, but, you know, many years ago. So when I speak about the name of the church, they're like, Ebenezer, that's a ghost or something like that. I was like, well, we have a ghost, but it's the Holy Ghost. Hey, you know? man, come on, brother. <laughs> yeah, so we are transitioning officially in the new year as hope to the nations esperanza a las naciones amen the church is in oceanside that's in correct. oceanside correct G- give the audience an address just so uh, if someone wants to go listen they yes, know where uh, to go yeah absolutely it's 2904 mcdonald street in oceanside california 92563 amen thank 92054. you 92054 that's my zip code <laughs> to my house 92054 at the end we'll give them more information yeah, absolutely but uh uh pastor I have a, a question, and I always always ask our audience, because it's important for people to know, when did you have your moment where you're like, Jesus, come into my heart, I need you? When was that? 
Well, um, it, it's it's a special moment, right? I think everybody's conversion is very special. Amen. You know, mine started, I started going to a Christian church. I have no memory. I was about two years old. <laughs> um, my, my mother was Catholic, and so was my father. And um, my mom got witnessed at her job. And it was at that point that, you know, um, we started going to a Christian church. I, I've always known the church, right? But, you know, there comes a moment in your walk with God, even being growing up in the church, where being in the church doesn't make you saved. Amen, brother. Please, thank yes. you. Yes, <laughs> and, and you know, many people think, oh, because I was born in the church, that means that I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. No, there comes a moment where every tongue must must confess that Jesus is Lord, because we have all sinned, right? So, I think there's a moment in our life that we kind of have to just make that decision, even though we're in the church. But you know, God needs to come and dwell inside of us, and He comes and He makes us a brand new person, even though we're in the church, but we are born again. So, my conversion started around the age of 12 years old where I just decided to just follow Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. And, you know, I made the prayer and received him in my heart. And, you know, um, God began to work in me, you know, and I'm still a work in process, you know. <laughs> Amen. Come on. We all are, right? Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> People think you 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 come to the Lord, you give him your heart, he, he indwells you. That life instantly changes and you're this perfect man. Yeah, no. Not true, right? No, it is definitely a process where, you know, we now begin to learn how to live under the kingdom, how to think, how to act, how to how to speak, how to forgive. There's just so many <laughs> yes. things that, you know, Amen. God needs to just break this, you know, our, our inner man that is Amen. just so full of pride and anger and so Amen. much you know, things that that we carry in life. So, you know, it's been a process and God is still working in, in all of us until we reach that perfection. Once, you know, Christ comes for us, you know, but in that process, we need to continue to grow and continue to be more like Christ. Amen. So I learned something. You married a pastor's wife. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell our audience a little bit about that. Well, um, I, I, I've only had one girlfriend, and I married her. That's my wife. What? <laughs> I'm gonna give you some fists, man. Knuckles right there. Praise so, God. Amen. And it was incredible because you know I ended up seeing my brothers. You know, growing up, you know they had girlfriends, heartbreaks, and I'm like, if that is having a relationship, you know, I don't want to go through all that pain and suffering. I said, you know what, Lord? I said, I want to have one girlfriend and I want to marry her, you know? And as, as a young person, I always want, knew I, I wanted to get married, right? So every church in, uh, I'm sorry, every girl in the church was always a candidate. I said, maybe that's my <laughs> wife. Maybe that's her. And I'd, and I'd pray and I'd ask for signs and I'd ask, <laughs> you know, for visions and dreams and nothing ever happened, right? <laughs> but, you know, as, 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 as I begin to grow up as a young teenager, I begin to pray for my wife without knowing her. Amen, brother. I begin to bless Amen. her. I begin to bless my children. I just begin to speak life. I don't know who, who she was. I wanted one particular girl, but I said, God, you know, kind of like Jesus, let not my will be done, but your will Amen. be done. And it was, it was in that moment as I was serving in the church, when I saw her and her family come into the church in Tucson, Arizona, I said, okay, she's the one. And, and it just, it, it took a long time for her to actually recognize me because I was in the altar and she never saw me. Um, I, on a winter night, I gave her my jacket cause we we're playing volleyball. <laughs> she never saw my face when I gave her the jacket. She never wow. knew who it was. So it's like as if the enemy had blinded her eyes or something. I don't know. She never saw me. But in that moment, you know, her, her parents came to California for an event, and she, they didn't have a ride to church, so so they knew I had a car. Thank God for the young kids that have cars. Amen. I was 16, and 
she called me up. And um, in that moment, we just started talking. I never asked her out. That's the incredible thing. I never asked her to be my girlfriend. Wow. wow. You know, we just started talking. And before you know it, we were committed. Next thing you know, we're married. I don't know how things happen, but it was like a God-given marriage. And this December, we're going on 25 years of marriage for God's glory. Wow, that is totally God's glory. So you've been married for 25 years, coming on 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old were you when you got married? I had just turned 19 years old. 19 years so old. I'm currently 44 years young. Amen. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise the Lord. So Amen. you married her. Um, you served, obviously, in the church for a little bit. Yeah. And another thing I just learned is Pastor Bonilla, your father-in-law, my father-in-law yeah. was my mother's pastor. That's incredible. In the, That's just It blew me away. Wow. My mother passed in 2016. But I mean, it's it's an honor to have you here. So yes. there's a connection, definitely. Absolutely. Praise God. So you you're now a pastor. You're you're serving the Lord. Tell me a little bit about your pastorship and how long your church has been uh, serving here in Ocean. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Let me backtrack, backtrack. all of yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Because you got married. You eventually got sent out where. To Douglas, Arizona, a little town of about maybe 18,000 people in 2010. That's crazy. Yes. That's a transition. So you go out there. Did you know anybody there? Well, my wife had family in Mexico, which is just on the other side of the border. And she had an aunt that lived in Douglas where we were actually pastoring. So besides that, I knew nobody there. You know, her family, I had very, very little contact because they were in a different country. And we didn't go out there often. So I didn't know them much. But, you know, um, the calling was just pretty incredible how God just, you know, began to call me. And he called me to, to the pastoral ministry. And, you know, it, it, I don't know if you want me to go into kind of details as to no, how it no, happened. No, no, I, I want to know because you, you yeah. actually, so you moved there and were you raised like almost immediately to be a pastor there and you started the church from ground up? We started a church from ground up, you know, but like my calling came a little bit, you know, um, I, I believe all of us have a, a special calling from God and God calls all of us in many different ways, just like he called his disciples, Amen. the way he calls Saul. I mean, all of us have a different way, which he comes and he invites us, right? And, you know, I grew up in the church and um, I started going to like a lot of youth events and everything. And I, I, I always saw that God gave words to a lot of the youth. And there was moments that I kind of felt like God didn't know that I existed. I kind of felt like, okay, everybody got a word. My brothers got a word. My friends got a word and, you know, word of direction. And I was like, okay, God, like, um, I am here, right? Like you do see me. (laughs) And, you know, the next year I was come expecting for a word and nothing happened. The following year, nothing happened. And I was like, okay, you know, when, when it comes time, God's going to give me a word of direction for my life. In the meantime, I was serving in the the music ministry, singing, playing drums, um, doing the um, transparencies. But there came a a point in my life, um, it was 20 years ago, um, I came to visit here in Oceanside um, to my father-in-law. We went to Six Flags on that Sunday after after Six Flags. I come home and my father-in-law told me, Pastor Bonilla told me, hey, um, tonight there's a church, there's some um, African-Americans, they're going to be having service tonight. So they're using our our temple, our church. And I was like, I love the way they worship. I love the way. And I said, okay, I'm going. So I went to that service. I didn't know anybody. I sat way in the back as a very good Christian. You do, right? You sit in the very back row. And I sit there and towards the end of the message, 
the pastor that was preaching, he gives me the, a prophetic word. He says, come here, you in the back, God's calling you. And in that moment, I, I was just, I was caught off guard completely. Wow. I go to the altar. He says, I see you in the streets preaching. I see you with the homeless. I see you in the prisons. And he just releases a word over my life, a word that I had been just waiting for. Like Amen. I felt it like it was about to get impregnated at any moment with it. But, you know, it just never happened. And it was in that moment that I get the word and I go back home. And three days later, the ministry begins literally in the wow. streets. Um, I, I start inviting the homeless to the church. Wow. The homeless start coming Sunday through Sunday for seven years nonstop. We went to the streets, picking them up, pulling them into the church. They would receive Christ as Lord and Savior. We would plug them in into rehab centers, into a bunch of different locations for them to get the help that, that Amen, you know, they, they need. You know, and, and it was in that moment, after seven years, God brings us to Oceanside to come and be alongside Pastor Bonillas. And I get here, and I was also a translator in, in Tucson. And in that moment, my father, when we finally moved here in 2008, he tells me, he's like, you know, um, I need you to help me translate. And I begin to translate, and, you know, we would do a lot of outreach events and everything. And it was a moment where in 2010, he begins to have a battle with the Lord. I had a special encounter in Las Vegas. We went to a, a, a massive about 6,000 uh, people event. Right. I went there, and during the worship, the, the glory of God, the presence of God was so strong. Amen. That I just said, God, no more games. You know, there's a lot of Christians that play games, you know, one foot in, one foot out. I was one of them for many years. It, it happens. It happens. And I was I, I was one of them. And in that moment, I surrendered completely. I had ministry, but I wasn't fully surrendered. And I was, okay, God, you know what? That's it. No more games. No more playing the church. Whatever you want to do, but speak to me. Amen. And, and, and. And if you're going to call me, I want to do great things for Ooh, you. I don't want to do little things. I want to do great things for Amen. your kingdom. But if you want, call me. Let me know. As soon as I said that, in the middle of thousands of people, the pastor from Colombia, Ricardo Rodriguez, steps up on top of that of that altar and begins to call me. There's a light that is over you. You that is right there. And there was thousands of people. There's a light over you. God is calling you. He pulled me forward. He's, he, and, and he begins to release a word. I see you like Enoch walking with God. And God is calling you. And God is going to do. And in that moment, I knew it was the moment that I had just surrendered completely. I said, God, let me know. Woo, and on. God called me. And it was like a year later, the pastor's battling with God. Pastor Bonias. He's like, send Alex and Miriam to Douglas. And he's like, no, no, no. I need them. I, I need them here. Send them to Douglas. So after a long period of time, he finally surrenders. Says He tells me, Brother Alex, the Lord's been telling me to send you to Douglas to pastor. What do you think? I don't know what happened. My mouth said yes. Amen. And I said, yeah, of course, pastor. But I was shaking. I'm like, what did I just say? What just happened? <laughs> and Praise that was kind of the beginning as to how God called us. And we went to go pastor in Douglas. We didn't know anybody. We started at a church there. And there's so many miracles. They burned down the church over there. Whoa. You know, a tremendous revival broke out. Um, a lot of Catholics begin to convert. A lot of miracles. A lot of wow. people just being delivered. And, you know, the church grew from being like about 10 of us maybe to being about 120, 130 within the first year. I'm talking Woo! about new converts and just Praise God. powerful. And all of a sudden, they come and they burn their church down. Uh, overnight, wow. you know. They, 
Just somebody randomly? So, um, you know, thank God for Facebook, right? Everything communicates through Facebook. Right. Somebody posted that morning, uh, uh, right at the same time the church burned down. He was at the park on 10th Street, and he says, I'm so thankful I was part of burning down that church. Wow. And when you look at his profile, it was all satanic things that he had on there. So I knew it was, uh, you know, the enemy attacking. But little did the enemy know that through that burning of the church— the city came and says, hey, we have a church they were about to give to us. So here's a church for you. We give it to you. No payments. Wow. Everything is yours. Take it. God So we it took out. possession. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So, All things work together for good. Yes. Woo! With the enemy plan for, for evil, God turns it around for good. Amen. So, wow. it, I mean, there, there's so much. I, I, I could be here for hours telling you experience through experience. But that's where we started ministry in, in, in Douglas, Arizona. We ended up opening a church in Aguapreta, Mexico as well and both churches are still operating till this day wow. um you Praise know God. and um we have a rehab center in mexico as well where you know we're you know working with men amen it, there's a lot of work there's a lot of work but it's 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 been a beautiful journey that's amazing hey if you just tuned in this is freedom with adam riojas and you are listening to this man that is on fire for the lord and you can just see the glory of god radi Aiding from him. Praise God. I am so glad you're here. So, Pastor, you are now in Oceanside. How mm-hmm. long have you been pastoring this church in Oceanside now? So, on six years. We just turned six years here. Um, so, my father-in-law, Pastor Bonillas, um, the one that you know, and, and your mom's pastor, which is my pastor, um, he began to get really ill and he passed away a few years ago, about three years ago. Yes. He passed away. So, um, you know, during that time, you know, he got really sick and says, you know what? I need you to come out here into Oceanside and begin to pastor the church here locally, you know. So it was in that moment that we transitioned. We moved over here and uh, we've been here for six years now. Six years. Yes. Wow. That's that's pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. Um, I, you know, we just got somebody from your church who's who's uh, the Spanish pastor at our church. Pastor so, Miguel, yes. So you're actually doing an amazing job. So <laughs> praise God praise for God. that. And he's, yes. he's, he's on fire for the Lord, and I yes. can see why now. Yes. So y- you guys are getting ready to have an event um, next week. Next tell, week. Tell our, our audience a little bit about this event that you're going to be having um, actually, at, at the cross, right at the church at the cross. Yes, there's. Well, we got a couple, quite a few things going on this okay. week. There's there's so much going so on. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely. So Monday, I actually head off to Uganda, Africa. Um, we have a gospel crusade that we are holding there um, next week. I leave on Monday, and um, I'm going to be out there for a week. We also have an orphanage out there with 48 precious little kids. You know that are just. An orphanage that you oversee? That we oversee, yeah, that we have there in Uganda. Wow. Yeah, so we've been there for a couple of years, you know, supporting and and overseeing the ministry there. So we were there last year, so we're going there again um, this week to go and hold that. God has opened doors. We're going to many different nations holding um, gospel crusades. Um, just came back from Pakistan not too long ago. I was out Did there you preaching. Really? Yes. Brother. It was. It was. What? what? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we saw thousands, thousands coming to the feet of Jesus. Multitudes. Wow. Like a complete ocean of people just giving their life to Jesus. Miracles. You know, people just converting, you know, to Christianity. They're hearing the, the truth and the truth is setting them free. So, Wow. That is powerful. Amen. So, so you're going to Uganda. You'll be gone all week. I'll be gone all week, yes. So you'll have some of your 
your guys helping Pastor Miguel with this thing that they're doing this week? Yes. So um, this week, there's a couple of things, right? So on Saturday, there's um, over at the uh, crisis, right, for the at the pregnancy center. Right. And then the following week also, that's where we're going to have at the pier at the at the ocean. Um, October 28th. October 28th. Yeah, that's going to be exciting That's well. going to be awesome. Yes, I'm, I'm going to be there. By that time, I'll be back already. Oh, so, good. Yes. We need you there. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, Amen. I'm... I'm, I'm I want to listen to you. Yes, no, I'm b- very excited to be there. You know, it's it's always been something that we wanted to do there at the amphitheater as well. I I'm fairly new to to the to the area, so I'm still kind of getting to know things and what we can and cannot do. Um, so it's it's just exciting to be able to be there with you guys and be able to share that. Yes. So on October 28th, you're gonna be there. Yes, uh, our worship team is going to be there as well. Team. Our kids ministry are going to be serving as well. They're going to be wow. doing a presentation. Yes. Praise God! I'm excited. I'm yes. I'm looking forward to it. That's October 28th, and that's yes. so. What time? Because it's from 10 to 3 in Spanish, and from 3 to 10 it's in English. Exactly. So, what time are you are you scheduled to? So we're scheduled at two o'clock. Okay. At two o'clock, we're scheduled to be there, um, and the worship team is going to be ministering, and then we're sharing a little bit of a word, and then you know inviting people to receive Jesus Christ. You know, is just come and try him out. That's all we can say. Try and experience not religion, but a true living God. So tell me the difference. We have about five minutes. Tell me, or four now. Tell me the difference between religion and knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him. Because a lot of people are confused. Yes, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about that. So religion tells you a lot what you can and cannot do, right? They put a lot of laws. They put a lot of burdens on people, burdens that they can't even carry themselves, right? And it's not a formula like, oh, you've got to do this and this. It's, It's about having that relationship, you know. I attribute a lot of my success to my marriage, first of all, because of God, but everything has to do with relationship, communication with my wife, loving her, being kind to her, listening to her. So when you can do the same with God, you listen to God, you obey God, you honor God, you know, and you just begin to seek him. The Bible says he is a rewarder of those that seek him. So it's it's more of a relationship, you know, religion Till this day has only killed, has only, you know, brought destruction, you know, but it is knowing Jesus Christ is having that deep relationship with him that it just, you know, the walls of religion just fall down and you're just in love. It's like everyday living in love with the person of Jesus Christ. And it's just an everyday falling in love with him. So how do you differentiate from religion and really having a relationship with Jesus. What's the first step? What do you do? You're going to church. You've been there years. You really don't have a relationship. Yeah. How does that happen? Well, I think the greatest thing has got to be love. You know, everything is moved and is surrounded through love. If you don't love God, how are you going to have a relationship with him? How, how do we expect to spend eternity with him, with a person we don't love? Can you imagine a couple being married that they don't love each other? What kind of relationship is that? What kind of home is that? What kind of marriage is that going to be? So I think the first thing that having a true relationship is actually being in love with the person that was in love with you. It says that he loved us first before we even loved him. So like when he saw our condition, he loved us. So it's just, you know, every day is just dying to ourselves and our desires and wanted to please God in all that we do. And of course we mess up. Of course we have failures. But you know what? That's where the grace of God comes in and he picks us up and he restores us. Amen. Tell people the address of your church again. I, I want people, 
Uh, yes, to absolutely. come to come hear you and listen to you. Yeah, we would love to. It'd be an honor. You know, 2904 McDonald Street. That's 2904 McDonald Street, Oceanside, California, 92054. Is there a phone number people can reach you? Yes, absolutely. 760 is the area code. 450-4654. 760-450-4654. And they can find us on YouTube. We have about 400 preachings on there. Pastor Alex Goodman. And on Facebook as well. They can locate us there as well. It's probably easier than remembering a phone number. Amen. So we got about a minute. Okay. Encourage our audience with one minute left. The coming of Jesus is at hand. We've got to be ready. If there's ever been a time to wake up, this is the time. If there's ever been a moment where you wanted to surrender your life to Jesus, this is a moment to surrender your life to Jesus. The time is clicking. Israel, we see what's going on. There's no more time to play around with God. This is the moment where we've got to surrender completely our time, our heart, our lives to Jesus. And let's just watch God move. You know, so I just want to encourage you guys to follow Jesus with all of your heart. He will not let you down. I guarantee it. Praise Hallelujah. the Lord. That was powerful, Pastor Alex. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You are an amazing blessing. God bless you, and he enriched your ministry. And, and we're going to be praying for you on your trip to Uganda. We'll be right back. Love you guys. Woohoo! The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepeer.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. Thank you so much for tuning in. And you just heard an incredible testimony of a of Pastor Alex Goodman, who is now pastoring a church in Oceanside, who married a pastor's wife. But listen, we wanted to give a shout out to our Christian lady from Hawaii who's called us and we're excited. Dana, thank you for calling us and we love you and rest of Hawaii. We love you, San Diego. We love you. But as we pick it up right now, we are going to pick it up in chapter four of Daniel. But I wanted to say a couple things. I want to remind you again of October 28th of this great event we're going to be having in Oceanside from 10 to three. It'll be all in Spanish. Pastor will be there, Pastor Alex Goodman and a bunch of other pastors. Um, And then from 3 to 10, it's going to be English, and you're going to love it. We have an incredible lineup. We actually have a pastor from Uganda. And so it's going to be awesome. 
And so as we start, I, I want to remind you that we've been taking this amazing journey through Daniel chapter 4. Um, but before we start, I, I want to, there's something really amazing that's been going on in, in Israel. Not the war, of course, we know that Hamas came in and slaughtered Christians in an ugly evil way that you cannot even imagine. And we're praying for Israel. And we know that God has their back. Some people believe this may be Ezekiel chapter 38. We don't know. We'll see how things uh, develop, but we know that God has Israel's back. There's still his, his chosen people, but you still need Jesus to get into heaven. But he has promises for them that he's going to fulfill. Recently, I learned something incredible that the name of Jesus appeared on the Eastern Wall, or Yahweh, excuse me, Yahweh. Of course, we know Jesus is Yahweh. He's God. Um, but the three letters appeared, and the last couple of letters appeared this year. And so a lot of the Jewish people believe it's a sign for them that this that this gate will eventually be opened up. Of course, like Scripture says, but what I think it is, is Jesus is getting ready to come back, the true Messiah. But listen, as we go into chapter 4, this is what it says. Um, but to remind you, we just finished 3, and we saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, elevated to be some of the greatest, poli greatest politicians of all time as they got elevated because they stood for the word of God and they believed God when they said, even if God doesn't rescue us, we're still going to not bow down to this idol. But they believed, remember what Isaiah had preached in 43, that the fire would not hurt them, and they believed, and I'm sure they were very familiar with Isaiah. It was only 100, 150 years, and they were studied men. And so here we pick it up in chapter 4, after Nebuchadnezzar promoted them to a high position in the province of Babylon. Chapter 4 says this, Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought or worked toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Those are some pretty powerful words. The king just saw what had happened and a little later he's, no doubt, still thinking this God is the God. He's the King of King and Lord of Lords. And he talks about the signs and wonders that he saw. But listen, church, I want to remind you, too, that when Mark wrote his last chapter in chapter 16, he says this. Afterward, after uh, Jesus had appeared to him, he appeared unto the eleven. This is Jesus. And they sat at meat or they sat eating umbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of the heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, this is Jesus, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Listen, if you're listening and you need a savior, call unto Jesus and he will, in, he will indwell you. He will bless you. But he that believeth not shall be damned. 
and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, and they shall take up serpents, and if they drink deadly, any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Listen, if you are a man of God, it's time to step out. It's time for you to hit the streets. It's time to, to let them know who Jesus is, and God will bless you with signs and wonders. I know a lot of people believe that they ended, but there's no way. I've seen God do the miraculous. I've seen God heal people that were supposed to die within a month of cancer. I've actually got to, was privileged to pray with people, and it wasn't me that healed them, it was God. And if you're listening to the show now, always know that God can heal you instantly. Right now, He can give you that miracle. Right now, He can, He can get you off of your bed. Right now, He can restore you. Right now, He can break all the chains that have you bound. And no doubt, when we go back to Daniel chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar is saying, yeah, <laughs> these are the signs and wonders, and I know what they've done. And as he continues his, 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 his words, how great are the signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. Now, as we go into verse 4, it says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house, and flourished in my palace. I saw a dream which had made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. And then came in the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers, and I told them the dream before them, but they did not make it known unto me the interpretation thereof. Listen, I think they knew this interpretation because the interpretation is, is, is when he told them the dream, is, it was a basic one to interpret. I believe that they were afraid. I believe they were afraid to tell the king what he had dreamed because it makes sense when you, when, as we go further and they did not want to make a mistake. There's, a, there's the other thing that they knew that once Daniel came in and they had said something different than Daniel, that they would be in trouble. They would probably get killed. So there's a lot of factors that factor into this. But at last, Daniel came in before me. Remember, Daniel was the one that was blessed to be able to interpret dreams. In Daniel chapter 1, remember the, the gifting that God had given him. One, one seven says this. Well, actually, one seventeen. As for the four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all their learning. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Gifts are given by God. Listen, you've all been given a gift from God if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's important now, if you're listening, get on your knees. Ask God, God, show me the gift. I want to use it for your glory. Daniel's gift was to interpret dreams and to be this great politician outside of his country where he was served under five kings and he was um, always second in command, always was used by God in a foreign country as this great political leader. But he stood for truth. He believed God. 
Look what the Bible says. At last Samuel came in before and whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. Somehow, Nebuchadnezzar still looked at his God, Bel, as his God, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. He had forgotten that God was was one, that God was one. Yes, we know him as three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But he's saying that he's making it out there that he had the spirit of all the holy gods. And before him, I told him the dream saying this, I, Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee. Tell me the vision of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation they're up. He's asking them to tell him the interpretation because he knew he was gifted. You know that in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, it says that God has done everything for edification when he gives you a gift. He gives you a gift so that God would be exalted in the gifting that he's giving you. It says in 14, let all things be done unto edifying all the gifts that he gives you. God blesses you. In, in, in verse 4, it says that there's diversities of spirits, but the same spirit. In verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 4, 17, it says, But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit to every man severally as he will. God is the one who gives the gifts, but we can ask him to bless us with these gifts. Again, we're here. We're reading what is happening. We know that Daniel is the interpreter. Verse 10 says this, Thus were the vision of my head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. And the tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto the heaven, and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was Meat for all, the beasts of the field had shadows under it, and the fowls of heaven dwelt, and the buds were rough, and all the flesh was fed of it. Magnificent tree, the tree that the dream, the dream that he had. And I saw in the vision of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher. Now, when I when I when you see this, you see it only in Daniel chapter four. Nowhere else in the Bible where. These angels, as we'll see, are called watchers. We also know that in First Pre and First Peter one twelve, that angels desire to look into God's dealings with us. But these guys, it, it sounds like there's probably these angels that are specifically given this role to be watchers. And look what it says: A watcher and a holy one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said, "Thus." Hew down the tree, cut down the tree, and cut off its branches, shake off its leaves, and scatter its fruit. Let the beast get away from under it, and the fowls from his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass, like tied up in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. 16 says this, let his heart be changed from a man's and let a beast's heart be given unto him. So he's seeing this. What happens is he hears a, a voice, the watcher saying, let it be given a heart 
of a beast and let this stump become a man. Whoa, what a dream. It's almost like like when we have these crazy dreams and don't understand them, but this dream had meaning. And let seven times pass over, seven years. This matter is by the decree of, again, here's the word, watchers of the sect of angels and the, and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men. Isn't that amazing? The watcher is saying that they may know that God rules in the kingdom of men. You know, the Bible says that God sets up and brings down kings. I believe that Joe Biden was given to us because of our our walking away, our not serving the Lord. And so we are, we're given kind of like a wake-up call. Wake up, because God is the one who sets up and puts up. And now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go out and vote. You need to go out and vote. You need to be given, do what your God-given right is and what our country has given you. And the demand of the word of the Holy Ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and give it to whomsoever he will, and set it up over the bases of men. He says he takes the bases, the, the lowest, the arrogance, and God uses them. You know, just like he used Pharaoh. You're like, why did he use Pharaoh? Well, he hardened his heart. But Pharaoh's hardened his heart first, and then God hardened it even more. And then God's glory when he brought those ten plagues upon Israel, and they saw who God was. They knew that God rules over nature. And then, of course, they saw the sea open up. By then, oh, there's no doubt that God rules. But as we continue, it says this. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now, O now thou, O Balthazar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the Spirit of the Holy Gods is in thee. Again, the Spirit of the Holy Gods is in thee. It's one God. I want to remind you that Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. Then Daniel was, but this isn't what he is believing. I just want you to make be clear on that. He's believing in pagan gods. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour. And his thoughts troubled him. It, he probably froze at that point and says, King, I need some time. I need some time. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the, interpreta- the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee. And the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. He knew what this dream meant. He's going to tell him the interpretation. But remember, Daniel's a wise man. Daniel somehow liked Nebuchadnezzar. He was second in command. He obviously respected him. And at this point, he's saying, wait, king, this dream that you had, I wish it not upon you. Let it be to your to your enemies to, to those that hate you, king. And then here it goes. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much. And in it was the meat for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king. You are this stump. 
that was cut down. You were this glorious tree that brought everything to this kingdom you provided. You were the shade. You were the protection. You were where everyone gathered. O king, thou art grown and become strong. For the greatness is grown and reaches onto the heaven. Everyone knows you. You've you've exceeded the power that was given to you by God and thy dominion to the end of the earth. Remember, he was at head of the of the gold in that in that statue, the image that he had built, and then he made it all gold. And then he thought he would reign forever because there was other precious goals in this other dream that he had before. But as we go, he's saying, you know, if thou art king art grown and become strong for thy, for thy greatness is grown and reach unto heaven and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher, here's that word watcher again, three times in this chapter, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, cut the tree down and destroy it. Yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with the band of iron and brass and tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven times, seven years pass over him. This is the interpretation. O king, this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of Daniel, as we're seeing Daniel about to give him the interpretation of a dream that this ungodly king, who at times reverenced God, but would soon forget who the king of king and who the Lord of Lord and who was the creator of all heaven and earth. Remember, in the beginning, time, he created the heaven, space, the earth, matter, all three instantly, space, matter, and times, heaven, space, and earth, all at one time. This is who this king was, and he soon forgot. 25, this says, then they shall drive thee from men. They will drive you away from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And they shall make thee to eat the grass as oxen, and they shall... Wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times or seven years shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth unto soever he will, till you know without a doubt that he is the king. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness and thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor it may be. A lengthening of thy tranquility. King, get right. Serve God. Break bread with those that don't have it. Break away from your sins. Have mercy. Have mercy, king. And it may be that God will lengthen your days and that you will have peace. What a radical dream. Listen, I'm going to fly through this so that I, you can see what happens. At this time came King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, he walked into the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. A year later, the king spake and said, It is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of my kingdom, that by might of my power and for the honor of majesty, he gives all the credit to himself. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, 
O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, thy kingdom it is parted from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts in the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth unto whoever he will. See, it is God who rules. Men may rule. Men are mortal. God is immortal. God is everlasting. Everlasting. God sets up and brings down. And the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and he ate grass as, ox, as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were growing like eagles' feathers and his nail like birds' claws. Listen, we need to acknowledge who God is. We need to remember that he's king of kings and lord of lords. We need to remember our first love. Never forget what God has done for you. So many people become haughty. So many pastors behind the pulpit get big-headed and think it's about them. Pastors, if you're listening, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. People in the pews, it's about Jesus. If we have any people in government listening right now, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. God sets you up and God will humble you. God will humble you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to repent. If you don't know Jesus, say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, change me. I want to serve you. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of salvation. Pastor Alex Goodman, will you close us in prayer, my brother? Yes, absolutely. What a powerful word. And it is the only thing that separates us from God, which is our pride. Tonight, wherever you're listening, we just pray that that wall of pride comes down and that you will get to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Right there where you are, just bow your head if you're able to. And Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you because your word is alive and it speaks to us and it just begins to create new things in our lives. And Father, we just pray for everybody that is listening today. We pray, Father God, that the spirit of the living God would dwell amongst them, would live in them. And Lord, I pray that anyone that has maybe, Lord, just gone astray of the way, I pray that you would strengthen them and during these end times. And Father, we thank you for the work that you're doing in these last days. For in the last days, you have promised to pour out of your spirit over every tongue, over every person. And Father, we thank you because there is a revival that is breaking out. And Father, soon we will see you face to face. We give you glory. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Alex Goodman. One more time. Time. Give me your phone number. 760-450-4654. Woo! Get that anointing and call them. Praise love God. you guys. Remember October 28th. Hawaii, we love you. San Diego, we love you. But more than that, Jesus loves you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, 
Go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.